0: Welcome to So You Can Heal. I'm Josh. I'm a licensed social worker and therapist.
1: Josh, it's so good to be here with you. I am Abby Parker. I'm a therapist at Still Point um, and my licensure is in mental health counseling.
0: This is a Still Point podcast, so you can check out our website and social media at StillPointHealing.com and Facebook at Still Point Healing. We also have a Pinterest page at Still Point Healing. Yeah. So what's been going on in your world?
1: Well, I have been thinking about this podcast a lot. Um, I mean, we have worked for hours on like what we want to be able to share and I'm super excited that people got to learn about us in our last episode in order for them to have an idea of like how we see things or what we might talk about. I I will admit that I have eaten since our last episode
0: and (laughs) so my
1: stomach will not growl through this one hopefully but I cannot promise that so yeah how about you how have you been?
0: Been doing pretty well. Same, putting a lot of energy and effort into prepping this so that we can give the best content that we can give. Been fun, been fast paced, but it's been good. So,
1: yeah, it has gone fast. How one idea? I mean, we're going to start talking about safety today. Just how one like a very simple yet complex topic can turn into a whole series of questions and information and wisdom and i i really look forward to talking uh, about this with you
0: yeah and talking about complex like this topic could seriously fill an entire year plus of content so to make a disclaimer, (laughs) like we will not be touching every facet of safety. Like, I don't think it's really possible without boring people to tears, but, um, I do think the information that we are sharing are things that we have either personally experienced or what we have seen Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: helped people through. So hopefully it is helpful and beneficial to those listening
1: yeah and we do have a very particular lens i mean we work as therapists so we dig in deep with people we explore how they can feel more safe we really look for those opportunities for people to shed their loss and be able to build better lives and i'm excited for us to be able to do that on our podcast
0: for sure So how we kind of break this down is we essentially have four to five main topic questions that we kind of go through and just kind of share our thoughts around them. So knowing that we're talking about safety, what comes to mind, Abby, when you think of safety?
1: If I think of safety right now in this moment, I think of where I'm at, like I'm literally safe sitting in my home. I think about how I might feel when I'm safe, like I'm relaxed, cozy, comfy, all things are good. And it's interesting because if I start to think about what is happening outside of my direct environment, I start to get a little bit anxious. And we have so many anxious things happening in our community and in our society with, I mean, anything from medical care to, you know, the political atmosphere, and like, that starts impacting how I feel. And so there, there's multiple layers, I guess, to, to my safety. What about you?
0: I feel safe in this very moment. Um, and much like you, like, beyond that, like, especially when I think outside of myself and outside of my immediate surroundings, there is that anxiety, which kind of brings up fear. So one of our questions is, what is fear? Like, how does fear mix with safety?
1: And Josh, I thought you had a really good definition of this one. Will you share yours first?
0: Well... Fear is a feeling of distress, apprehension, or alarm caused by impending danger or pain, a cause of this feeling, like awe, reverence, fear of God, a concern, anxiety. You gotta love Wikipedia and Google. <laughs> <laughs> but with fear, some articles that I've read like talk about like the two different types of fear. Hmm. Um, we all have innate fear, which is kind of that fear that's universal or for survival. So we are innately afraid of spiders and snakes because of venom or it could kill us. So a lot of our innate fears are around physical pain, the fear of death, um, things that we've had to adapt or avoid in order to survive. And then we also have identity fears. These are the types of fears that we have that have evolved along with us judgment by others, embarrassment, being wrong, losing respect. A lot of this comes from like ego based things, the feeling of shame, the fear of failure. All of this kind of poses a threat to how we stay, where we stand in our community. Because we are communal creatures. We need relationships in order to survive. And especially back where we were more tribal, our relationships were very important because that literally meant whether we lived or died. Like, very few people, if any, could survive by themselves in the middle of a jungle. So, relationships were super important.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly what I think about when I think of survival. Literally the caveman version of having to survive the wild. Yeah. Like living in that type of environment. And I like that you're able to break it down into the two different types because I would think of it more as that innate fear, but there truly is that evolution into... The fears of the identity within the community. Yeah. And I think that's more of what we deal with now, really. Mm-hmm.
0: A subset within that is like the love and connection fear. I mean, yes, it's still a part of the identity piece, but like more along the lines of fear of commitment, that fear of intimacy. And when combined with other aspects or other fears it can be super complex fear can definitely become a beast that is hard to tame
1: Mm -hmm. i think it absolutely is a beast that is hard to tame and if we extend it beyond just the understanding of like the definition of fear how i have seen people experience it in their bodies like in my office they like their bodies literally believe that they are in danger yeah And that's how, in a very strange way, our sensory experience, our five senses, take in information that tell us to be on alert for whatever reason. It could be something that you see, something that you hear, something that you smell, taste or touch, and it takes you back to an experience or memory, or even something that is ingrained from our cave people ancestry to tell us to be afraid or fearful or worried or concerned that we could get hurt. Right.
0: Yeah. There definitely is that biological piece where like you notice your heart racing, the adrenaline spike, the muscle tension, the sweating. Mm -hmm. And as we were talking through this, I liked how you showed like the progression. Like we start feeling those physical or somatic symptoms kind of coming up and then our emotions start kind of playing, playing into that. Like, Oh my gosh, what's happening? What's happening? We start getting scared. I mean, some people start getting happy and then you have the thrill seekers, uh-huh. <laughs> which is great. But usually like those feelings start really making us scared. And then we start creating the thoughts to kind of reinforce those somatic feelings that they're bad. So we try to find ways to escape them or avoid situations. And I think within that, those stories become so powerful.
1: Yeah. And just like a side note, a lot of times this is kind of seen as new information, Mm -hmm. how our sensory experience of whatever's happening to us is moves through our body into our minds instead of, into our minds and into our bodies. Right. And there's two different like understandings of how that happens. And I see us talking about it from the body mind perspective. Right.
0: So we've talked a lot about fear, what fear is, the types of fear, how fear can show up in the body, through the senses.
1: So Josh, what is safety?
0: A state of being safe, which is kind of a cheat answer, but like to break it down, like it is a condition of being protected from harm or other non-desirable outcomes. Safety can also refer to the control of recognized hazards in order to achieve an acceptable level of risk. So it's kind of knowing all the pieces and knowing what you're willing to put on the line.
1: And I think that sense of knowing is really important for safety. Yes. Like there's a level of awareness that has to be processed through in order for you to like solidify in some way that you can experience safety, even if there's fear that's still lingering or even if there is something that you have usually perceived as being unsafe in your environment. It truly is that state of being that is more of an internal experience, but it doesn't mean it can't extend outside of yourself, like in relationships or in your community or in whatever environment you're in. Yeah. And I also think it's interesting that while we would all potentially hope that safety could be constant or longstanding or like a forever ideal, I don't think we experience life in a continuous state of safety because we change, we develop, we grow, we experience different things. While you can experience a presence to safety, you can also move through your experience, which then resets the limits or the parameters in which you have to adjust in order to feel safe again. Right.
0: So it sounds like you're saying that safety is a practice and a way of being.
1: Mm-hmm. It is a practice. In order to get to that stage of, like, actually being and knowing and experiencing safety yeah you have a continuous opportunity to experience safety
0: yeah like it makes sense to me like as you're talking about this like safety isn't something that we feel all the time like we have to constantly kind of create that safety for ourselves and the others around us I mean, because we don't feel happy all the time. We have to find ways to right. create that happiness. And we don't feel yes. sad all the time. Like, it's one of those things that's transient. Yeah. Yeah, creating.
1: It, yeah it's evolving. Yeah. And I think that, I like that word creating. Because you'll see as we start to talk about the different layers of this, that you build on safety in order to get to security, stability truly that practice of being able to harness and experience safety.
0: Right. With the thing that you just said, like the safety, security, leading to stability, like if you're not safe or if you don't feel safe, then you had mentioned that like fearful was there. And I really think that that is so true. Granted, like there are instances where you're legitimately in danger. And right. like, I don't think we're really talking about those types of situations.
1: No. Yeah. Cause if you're legitimately in danger, you're not safe. Right. And you're like, your sensory experience is going off. The alarms are going off. You need your body to react in order to get away, run faster, hide, like whatever it is that you need to do in order to, to not nice. get hurt.
0: Right. Some terms that we've been throwing around lately. So we differentiated like what is safety versus what is core safety. Mm-hmm. So to help everybody listening kind of understand what we mean by core safety, like how do you, what is that to you?
1: Core safety to me goes into the principle of even if i'm not feeling safe i know that there is a resource to ground my body my spirit my mind my emotions into remembering what safety is and connecting to something bigger than myself
0: the way that i'm i'm hearing this is that there is a part of us that we can return to that is bigger than an experience we're having to feel safe.
1: I think that's a beautiful way of summarizing that. Yes. Say that again.
0: Essentially there is this like innate part of us that is, that we're able to return to regardless of the experience that we're having. And I, kind of think of it that very similarly, like the innate parts of the cell that we're able to return to. But I find with a lot of clients that sometimes those innate pieces have been ruptured, wounded, Mm -hmm. or lost. So in order to try and piece those things back together, we adapt, like whether that be within social contexts or within our individual lives, relationally, primarily, because we wanna fit in, we wanna belong, we wanna be seen a certain way. And a lot of times growing up, if we are naturally and innately beyond or live outside of those norms, then those are considered wounding Um, or ruptures in that core self and in order to return the core self to its original state like being able to and I'm probably going off topic but this is it's about healing those wounds and working through the adaptations that we've created in order to manage experiences and once we get to that core sense of self like That is safety because there is joyfulness, there's aliveness, there's love, that too. Um, There's acceptance, there's empathy, there's an openness to explore, a curiosity.
1: And Josh, I think those last things are so important to remember because, you know, even as we talk about like core safety, like, what is that? And I, I really like those descriptors of like truly feeling alive yeah and whether it be our own experiences or our clients experiences or our family's experience like whoever's experience it is if you start looking or watching you will see that it is difficult for sometimes for people to feel loving and accepting and alive and open and joyful and empathetic and sometimes people believe they they can't even reach that or experience that ever again. Yeah, And so to be able to teach our audience about like core, the core self or the core safety that we were like born with this, this isn't something that, I mean, you learn it and you ex- can experience it, but it's something that originated far bef- before yourself. Right. like the concept of experiencing joy or feeling alive or loving or accepting or empathetic or open. Right. And that's what makes the difference for me in understanding that is that these are not things that I have to earn, prove, or like somehow win the golden ticket in order to have them. Right. Um, <laughs> right. They they can be part of my experience, If I work through my woundedness, if I work through my fear, if I cultivate safety and create that experience of thriving instead of surviving.
0: So how does one begin to feel safe?
1: For me, I think one begins to feel safe in first knowing that it's possible to just even open up that curiosity of like, well, what if you could yeah. And then, from my lens or my perspective, I think how the body is engaged with safety impacts those emotions and those thoughts. Because if I go back to your, like, the biochemical description of like the heart racing, the chest tightening, like getting ready to be scared or feared or worried, that is not a good place to be when you're wanting to be safe and so we have to work with our bodies to relax our muscles be mindful of how we are experiencing like sensations within mm-hmm. our bodies I mean even as we've talked today like I started to get nervous and I noticed like I like my shoulders started to raise and my chest started to tighten and I have to stop and think and pause in order to reset and practice that safety within myself.
0: Right. In the revving up, like the the adrenaline, the muscle tension, the sweating, heart racing, do you think that people are able to notice that or is that like, So subconscious that people aren't really aware
1: of it. Oh, it's so subconscious. And that's where I think that pause and like relearning how to engage with yourself internally can make a world of difference. And it's assessing. It's assessing that internal world that a lot of times we forget about. Right. Right. How else do you think we assess?
0: Aside from going through the wheel of awareness, like, am I smelling fire? Do I see a bear? Do I see, like, am I visibly seeing immediate danger? Am I hearing a car crash? Am I hearing gunfire? Like, those types of things like being able to work yourself through the senses and start eliminating like, no, I'm not seeing anything. I'm not smelling anything. I'm not hearing anything. So what am I feeling? Like, am I tasting fruity gum? Like, okay, well maybe we need to go to the hospital because we may be having a stroke, but (laughs) or smelling burnt toast. But I guess the fruity gum is more diabetic, but. Then we can move into the body and really start, like, okay, so where and like what's happening. So, I do think that with how one can feel safe, like, like you had mentioned, like, there definitely is a really strong emphasis on awareness and an ability to, in some way, separate yourself from the story that you've told yourself over and over because when we get into that state of revving up to fear and being scared and taking us out of our safety, like our brain starts telling us like, okay, this is what's going to happen again. We start projecting these old stories onto the situation. Like what well, it may have nothing to do with what's really happening like I do think that there's a part of us that has to be aware enough in some way to be like, okay, there's my story. Right. Or yep, this is happening again. I'm jumping on the interstate of like neural pathways and I'm hitting 65 or whatever the interstate around you is. And we have to try and find our first off ramp.
1: And I'm so glad you brought up the wheel of awareness. Because I think utilizing Dan Siegel's Wheel of Awareness tool to understand those off-ramps that we take. So taking that off-ramp of what our senses are doing or what our body's doing or what our mind is doing or what what we're doing to play it out in our story or in our relationships. like Those different areas in which we can go rogue and be completely internally experiencing our own fear and then playing it out externally with the environment or people around us and we feel a little nutty and the people around us are like what's wrong with you and so gaining that awareness of where where we've gone haywire can allow us to have that pause to it's almost like to realign
0: I could totally see that,
1: or to know where like to know where we're at, realign, and do our best to return back to that that core or that center.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've found like in my own life and like with clients, like using the phrase like feelings aren't facts mm-hmm. really helps to like recognize okay, this is how I may be feeling, but like what is really happening around me that way we're able to start being a little more willing to explore Mm -hmm. like what is happening
1: no i think that's a really easy way to do that feelings aren't facts and it's interesting sometimes even our facts get skewed For sure with those (laughs) off ramps Mm -hmm. um like someone gave me a mean glare or I heard someone say my name or that person's judging me when really none of those things might be true or some of those things might be true and we have to practice so that we can check those things.
0: And I love RuPaul because she says, what others think of me is none of my business.
1: Ooh, what others think of me is none of my business.
0: Yeah. And that's hard.
1: That is hard. And it kind of goes back to how fear plays out within ourselves.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Because, as we've mentioned, like the fear that we're talking about isn't being in physical danger, but the stories that we've created to keep ourselves, quote unquote, safe in various types of situations, whether that be I can't fail because people think that I am a failure and that I'm no good. So, yeah, like a lot of it is very much around our own perceptions of ourselves, and then projecting our own perceptions of self onto others and how they see us. So, yeah. Moving into like feeling versus experiences, like feeling safe versus an experience of safety. I see, like, we can feel unsafe and be in an unsafe situation at the same time, but fears can keep us from feeling safe, even in a non-threatening situation. It is, our feelings can kind of hold us hostage and create fantastic stories of believing we are unsafe, even if an experience is safe. Say, for example, we have a couple who is in a relationship and one has this fear that they can't say anything because my partner's going to judge me for it. partner really has never judged them for things. The fear is coming from... a a history of feeling judged by others and judging themselves super harshly. So, although the experience may not be unsafe, the feeling and the projection into the situation is creating a sense of being unsafe. I find that if we explore if our life is truly at risk, Versus asking, what am I really afraid of at any given moment? Can begin to create the awareness one needs to slow down enough and begin educating themselves on what really is happening to them or for them.
1: And I think being able to practice like what your reality actually is, it truly is a skill. Yes. To start to differentiate between that feeling that you're having versus your the actual experience of reality yes and it doesn't mean we won't have perceptions of reality right because all of us like view things through a certain lens or have perspectives or perceptions and i think like that's part of our human experience right but what i hear you talking about is really being able to increase that awareness or be able to acknowledge how those feelings of fear impact us so severely that we need to be able to also step outside of that and know what's happening in our reality.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that's why I think the pause is so important because it's all about being able to slow down and ask those questions. Mm -hmm. Like, especially in this context, like, am I truly safe and only afraid or am I in true danger yeah. and being able to make decisions that can help us move to or towards safety or begin looking at the fears that are preventing us from living a truly
1: free life. So Josh, I've got a interesting question, which I think all of us have been thinking about. How would you put that in the context of COVID?
0: Well, realistically, are we safe? I would say if you are following CDC guidelines, wearing a mask, washing your hands for 20 seconds, staying six feet away from people, limiting your contacts, like having like contact tracing, things like that. Like, I think there is a way to stay safe. Yes. I mean, the safest thing is to not leave, (laughs) to stay quarantined. Like, I know we're getting really tired of this, but like, this isn't done. Like, it's still here. And that sucks for all of us. But I don't know. Yeah.
1: Well, what's so interesting about what you just described is some of the process we will be inviting people to go through with us, which is looking at what parameters you need in order to protect your safety right and i mean businesses do it all the time they assess the risk they look at how to keep their product or their people safe they come up with guidelines they have to assess them on a continuous basis and we as people struggle to keep up with the practice of that because of our experiences or because of our fears and so while there are parameters, and we do set them, then we come back to the question of, even if we have those, how do we internally feel safe safe. with our fears? Right. How would you answer that one?
0: So how, even with those precautions, does one feel safe? I think it really is about exploring the The fear that is Mm. there—is it a fear of death? Is it a fear of illness? What's really happening? I mean, and I don't know if there's one particular fear that people have. Sure. I mean, this is a serious issue. Like, but I also think that some of it can be in. I mean, which is another part of the setting the boundaries and the parameters is like, maybe we need to start limiting our intake of social media, our intake of various things. Sure. And truly start asking yourself, like, where's the fear coming from? What truly is the fear? Truly start being curious about that. Yeah. But being able to be aware enough and curious enough to start asking like what the real fear is a that's hard enough it is and to be willing to be honest enough with yourself in order to start looking at it is and can be even more challenging
1: Mm -hmm. we are split between different experiences and even sometimes the experience that is actually happening outside of us, like in our society, in our uh, communities, those are only a snapshot or a picture of what might actually be happening. Right. And yeah. then we have to also come back to ourselves and say, what is coming up for me? What is triggering me? Like, like one of the fears that you named is one of the fears I, I absolutely had at the beginning of this. If this, then that. Like, right. if I get sick, my family is gone. Yep. Or people will die, or like everything changes, or, you know, the security I have built is threatened. Like, they're like, in the sto- that story can go on and on and on.
0: Yeah. I mean, and what's interesting is, and yes, this is down the road but that story as an example is not a story solely specific to covid no i mean that is the same story with different names that has been told potentially throughout your life
1: yes and i completely agree with that and that's something that we have come to know as therapists is that if there is a fear response I would say like 99.9 percent of the time there's a possibility that it ha- has happened previously right that feeling that expression that um it, like that particular experience of discomfort mm-hmm. happened in some form previous to that current moment
0: right i mean which kind of connects back to like that core safety piece, like the yes. wounding, the adaptation piece. Yep. But yeah. So as we wrap up, like, what's one takeaway that you've gotten from today?
1: One takeaway I got was to identify what type of fear might be coming up for me and where I'm placing it, whether that be within or outside of me. So is my fear, like, one that it's innate, like, that I'm going to get hurt? Or is it more of something that is threatening my identity, like, within a judgment? And then am I experiencing that more internally or externally? What about for you?
0: For me, I would have to say the idea of, I don't know, the way that you said like if there's fear then there's usually wounding and it makes it make more sense to me so I really really liked that um and also the idea of safety moving into security and stability mm-hmm. like that is a like mind-blowing type of
1: idea mm-hmm
0: I don't know. I just find it super fascinating that that is an entire, that can be an entire process.
1: Yeah. It's almost like a path that people can use and that we can use. Um, and we've talked a lot about pausing and I really liked some of the tools that you gave, like my feelings aren't facts. Yep. And then also the RuPaul one, what others think of me is none of my business yeah. and then reminding people about the wheel of awareness and it's a really nice visual to be able to kind of check yourself and gain that awareness of where you're focusing on the most and how to pull back in to that center
0: for sure We'd like to invite you all to check out our website at www.stillpointhealing.com and check out our Facebook at Still Point Healing and our Pinterest page at Still Point Healing. You can email us at So You Can Heal at stillpointhealing.com to send in questions, um, topic ideas, and as a means of contact. Uh, Yeah, we
1: look forward to hearing from everybody.
0: Yeah. Well, tune in next week. We will be talking about the next steps in creating safety.
1: Yeah, we're moving on to part of building those measures of security. Yeah. To help you feel more safe. Ta-da!